0: But my theme, as I said, is uh, Jesus calls us to be in the world as he was in the world. And your pastor has read to us this wonderful passage from Luke chapter 19, which describes uh, what happened on one particular day as Jesus was uh, walking through Jericho. And he goes to have lunch and spend the rest of the day in the home of Zacchaeus. And I've entitled this message, An Unusual Dinner Invitation, uh, because that's really uh, what it was. Jesus inviting himself rather than being invited. Uh, So it's a a fascinating story. Uh, I'm not planning to do that, by the way, with any of you. Uh, Just uh, to call out and say, hey, I'm coming to your house today for dinner. But uh, that's what Jesus did on that day. So we need to think about this story. Let's think about the setting. Jesus is passing through Jericho. If you read the previous chapter of Luke, uh, he has just healed a man who was blind. And it's had an enormous impact. Uh, there's a vast crowd of people following Jesus. And they are coming through Jericho. And as they come at the other side, uh, there is Zacchaeus. Uh, There are so many people present that he can't see Jesus, but he's eager to see him. And because he's a little man, he climbs up into a tree. I guess every child in your church and all of you when you were little used to sing songs about that wee little man who climbed up into a sycamore tree to see Jesus. So here's the setting. This huge crowd of people... And it's very obvious as you read the account that Jesus and Zacchaeus have never met each other before. This is the first occasion where they have seen each other at all. But it's very evident that Jesus knows this man. He knows him by name. He knows all about him. Zacchaeus wants to meet Jesus. He obviously hasn't met him yet. One day we can ask him why he wanted to meet Jesus. Uh, Was he just curious? There's a great crowd, so what's it all about? He climbs up the tree. Uh, We don't know. We can ask him one day. Uh, Had he heard about the healing of this man who was blind, who can now see it, and he wants to know who's done this extraordinary miracle? Again, we don't know. We can ask him. Uh, Maybe he'd heard that Jesus was a different kind of teacher, Uh, a teacher who was happy to eat and drink with tax collectors, like Zacchaeus. And he thought, that's kind of different. Who is this man? Uh, Again, we don't know, but we can ask him. Uh, It's obvious that Luke asked him. This history of this meeting is recorded only in Luke's Gospel. It's the only place we read it in the New Testament. And Luke tells us at the beginning of his Gospel that many years later, after the events of Jesus' life, he traveled around meeting the people who were eyewitnesses of the events in Jesus' life. And he spoke to them, and then he recorded their accounts of what they said. So way down the road, uh, Jesus, or Zacchaeus rather, meets Luke, and he tells Luke about this day in his life. And Luke has recorded it for us. And it is indeed a wonderful story. But there's this great crowd of people, hundreds, maybe thousands of people, astonished by this miracle. And out of all those people, Jesus looks across this crowd and he sees this little man up in this sycamore tree. And the advantage of it, Sikius uh, is a wealthy man, he's a little man. He wasn't wearing shorts or even pants, but uh, a long robe. But these kind of trees had branches that came out kind of like a ladder. So here's this wealthy, powerful man. He climbs up into this tree to look over the crowd. And there he sees Jesus. And Jesus looks up at him and issues this very unusual dinner invitation. He says, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down. I am coming to stay at your house today. And as I said, this is unusual. Uh, They've never met. Here's Jesus inviting himself for dinner. So what's happening? Is Jesus being presumptuous? Uh, Demanding? Rude? Uh, Not at all. Uh, Zacchaeus is overjoyed. That's what the text tells us. He hurried and came down and he received Jesus joyfully. So what's happening here? Well, what's happening is this. Because of the kind of man Zacchaeus was, he could never have invited a Jewish teacher of God's Word to his home. He could never have invited any devout Jew to his home because they would never have gone because of the kind of man Zacchaeus was and the kind of job he did. And we'll talk more about that in a moment. So it's impossible for Zacchaeus to invite Jesus, so Jesus invites himself. And it's a very wonderful thing he does because here is Zacchaeus. He's a, a very sinful man. He's a wicked man, a corrupt and greedy man. But here is Jesus, his teacher of God's word, the Christ, the Son of God himself. And he says to Zacchaeus, I want to come to your home today. And so Zacchaeus gets rapidly down from his tree and off they go to his home. And the response of the crowd is very dramatic. Uh, Jesus is often criticized by the Pharisees and the teachers of the law for the company he keeps. But on this occasion, it's the whole crowd who criticizes him. Everybody present grumbles. They complain. They moan. And they're criticizing both Zacchaeus and Jesus. Their complaint is he has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. So everybody else is unhappy. Zacchaeus is delighted. And off they go to Zacchaeus' home to spend several hours there and to eat a meal there together. What Luke has done is compressed several hours of time into these short ten verses for us. Because we read later on, Zacchaeus stands up. That means he's been reclining at table with Jesus, and he stands up, and he makes his announcement. But we'll come to that one later. Now, why are the crowd complaining? What's the problem? Well, we need to think a little bit about the kind of man Zacchaeus was. Uh, The text tells us he was a tax collector, and not just any regular tax collector, but a chief tax collector, and that he was very rich. Now, let me tell you a little bit about the tax collectors and why they were so unpopular. First of all, they worked not for the Jewish state, but for the Romans. It was the Romans who appointed these tax collectors to go around and collect taxes for them. And the Romans, who were they? Well, they are the occupying imperial power in Palestine at this time. And if you know anything about history, the Romans weren't like the American troops in Afghanistan today or in Iraq or somewhere else in the world coming to try to bring peace and justice, the rule of law and democracy. The Romans were one of the most brutal imperial powers the world has ever seen. Just a generation before, They had conquered Gaul, that is present-day France under Julius Caesar, and they had killed two million people in the process. That's what they did all over their empire. They were one of of the most brutal brutal military powers the world has ever seen. And they enslaved many of the people that they conquered. Uh, In Luke's Gospel, we're going to read, or we've read just a few chapters before that On one occasion, some of Pilate's soldiers had massacred a group of Galileans as they were on their way to the temple to give their sacrifices and mixed their blood with the blood of the animals they were going to sacrifice. This is who they were. And so here's Zacchaeus, and he's working for the Romans. So every other Jew is going to see him as a collaborator, somebody who is working for this hated, brutal imperial power that is occupying their land. The people long to be delivered from the Romans. It's one of the reasons they try to make Jesus a king on various occasions, because they think that's what he's going to do. But that's their longing. So they hate Zacchaeus because he works for the Romans. And of course, that makes him unclean, because they are Gentiles, Gentile dogs. And they're his daily company but there's more to it than that the Romans didn't pay their tax collectors they paid them nothing and that meant a man like Zacchaeus when he collected taxes could decide his own salary he would demand from the Jewish people whatever he chose both the taxes for the Romans and to enrich himself I don't know how well you would do Uh, determining your own salary with the power of a very, very brutal army behind you, so people have to give him whatever he demands. And he's become very rich at this job. He is a corrupt man. He is a greedy man. In addition, he is a chief tax collector, which means that he is on all likelihood over all the other tax collectors in the Jericho district. And most certainly... Other men who wanted this plum job where they could enrich themselves at the expense of their fellow Jews had to bribe Zacchaeus to get their jobs. So here's a corrupt, greedy, ruthless man working for this hated occupying power. And everybody looks at him and sees him as a sinner. So that's that's one problem they've got. Jesus is going to the home of this wicked man. Uh, I'm sure here in North Carolina, in the Wilmington area, you don't have any corrupt, greedy, ruthless, brutal politicians or businessmen. Uh, But perhaps you do. It's like Jesus is singling out the very worst of those and saying, I'm going to be your guest today. It is my delight to come to your home and spend the day with you and eat at your table. Now, there's another problem, of course, from the perspective of those who are criticizing Jesus. What Jesus is doing is against Jewish law. He's not simply consorting with somebody they despise as a sinner. But in their eyes, Jesus is demonstrating that he's not really a man of God. That he's not fit to be a teacher of God's word. Because he is going to make himself impure, himself corrupt, himself unclean by going to the home of this man. They had many laws forbidding Jews to eat with Gentiles, to eat with Samaritans, to eat with Jews who made themselves unclean by associating with the Romans, to eat with Jews who were sinners. But here is Jesus, he is breaking this law not just offending people by the company he's keeping, but breaking Jewish law of the time. And of course, Jesus sets these laws aside because they're not what God commanded. God didn't command his people to keep apart from Gentiles, to keep apart from Samaritans, to keep apart from sinners, because the whole message of the Bible is of God being gracious to sinners. That's how Jesus ends this encounter. The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That's the whole message of the Bible. That's why you're in church today. You are here. Just like little Stephen, was it, who was baptized because he knows that he is a sinner who needs to be saved by the love of Jesus and by his death. This is the whole message of Scripture. Our songs celebrate it. That God, who is holy and majestic and awesome, a consuming fire, delights to have fellowship with us who are sinners. That is the biblical message from beginning to end. And so Jesus sets those laws of Judaism aside because they absolutely undermine the very center and heart of the whole biblical message, which is the mercy of God to sinners. And Jesus says, this is why I came. For this very purpose, the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. When Jesus says that, he's putting together two things. His favorite title for himself is, I am the Son of Man. You can go home and read it in Daniel chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, where God speaks about the Son of Man who is coming on the clouds of heaven with the angels and who's going to be the ruler of all the nations of the earth forever. That's why Jesus loves that title. He is the Son of Man who's going to rule the universe and all nations forever and ever and ever. And Jesus puts together with that a a wonderful prophecy from Ezekiel chapter 34 where God says, I am the shepherd of my people. And I will come, and I will come and seek, and I will save those who are lost. And Jesus puts these together. This is my purpose. I am the Son of Man who has come into the world to be merciful, to save the lost. And that's why he goes to Zacchaeus' home. Now they go there, and as I said, it's several hours compressed together. But sometime during the meal, Zacchaeus is so overwhelmed, by the love of Jesus, by the grace of Jesus, by the kindness of Jesus, in coming and sitting and eating with him, a man who is such a corrupt and wicked and greedy and ruthless man. There's Jesus enjoying dinner in this man's house, sitting at his table, reclining with him, being his guest. And in the middle of the meal, Zacchaeus is so overwhelmed, He stands up and he says two amazing things. He says, Behold, the half of my goods I give to the poor. Now you think about that. Everybody in this room, you go home and think about how much you're worth. And then imagine just giving half of it away. That's what Zacchaeus did that day. He gave half of his great fortune away to the poor. Now this is what happens when people truly meet God. Their lives are changed. My father-in-law was a farmer in California, just a small farmer. But for many years, he wasn't a wealthy man, for many years he gave away more than half of his income every year. Because he had met Jesus, he just gave it away. He gave away so much, he was audited by, uh, by the IRS one year. And he showed me the letter they wrote him, because they didn't believe that anybody could be so generous. <laughs> and he showed me the letter they wrote him and they said, Mr. Buxman, your bookkeeping is impeccable. The only thing wrong with this tax return is you're giving over the limit. He had no idea there was a limit because he had met Jesus. And Jesus had transformed his life like he transformed Zacchaeus' life this day. The other thing Zacchaeus says is also beautiful. If I've defrauded anybody of anything, I'm going to restore it fourfold. Now what's beautiful about that is this. If you go back and read the appropriate Old Testament commandments, in cases of fraud you were supposed to restore what you defrauded plus 20%. So if your pastor, Paul here, had defrauded you of $100 this past week, he's supposed to pay you back 120 what he defrauded plus 20%. It's only if he'd stolen it outright and spent it all and refused to acknowledge it and then was discovered in such cases, he'd have to pay you 400 Now, what's happening is this. Zacchaeus, when he meets Jesus, he's so overwhelmed by his character, by his love, by his grace, by his mercy, by his forgiveness, by his holiness, that he sees his life of fraud and corruption as the worst kind of theft. When we meet Jesus, truly, we shouldn't be minimizing our sins or pretending they're less than they really are. When we meet Jesus, because He meets us with such grace, with such love, with such mercy, with such extraordinary forgiveness, We should be ready to acknowledge to him the sins in our lives in the most open way imaginable, without excuse, without minimizing them, just seeing them in all their ugliness. That's what's happening to Zacchaeus. He sees his greed as the worst kind of theft, and so he restores everything fourfold. This is beautiful. This is what happens when people meet Jesus. And Jesus, of course, is tremendously moved by this. And he says, this man too is a son of Abraham. We're all going to meet Zacchaeus in the kingdom. Father Abraham has many children. I am one of them. And and so are you, and so is Zacchaeus. And one day we can talk to him about this day. We can talk to him about what happened in the rest of his life. I'm sure he never forgot a moment of it. And here he is years later telling Luke about this day when Jesus came to his house. Let me finish by simply asking us this question. As you look at this wonderful encounter between Jesus and and Zacchaeus, how does it challenge us? What does it mean for our lives as we go out from this church into this city of Wilmington to meet the people you meet day by day in your neighborhood, in your workplaces, in your community? Well, we are called to follow Jesus. Jesus. He sends us into the world to be in the world as he was in the world. Jesus went into the world as a friend of sinners. And this story is a wonderful example of this. Every day of your life, Jesus comes to you. And he says to you, Behold, I stand at the door and knock anybody hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and sit with him and eat with him and he with me. That's what Jesus says to you today. He desires to be a guest in your home for the rest of your life. And then he desires that you should gladly welcome into your home people maybe even as corrupt and wicked as Zacchaeus. But the people around you, it doesn't matter who they are, it doesn't matter what they believe, it doesn't matter what their sins are. Jesus calls you to model His grace, His kindness, His delight in being friends with sinners. He calls you to model that in your life every day. To gladly go to the homes of sinners, as Jesus did. To welcome them to your home. To eat with them. To drink with them. To get to know them. To delight in their friendship. Not to do the things they do. Jesus never in his life did the things that Zacchaeus did. But he gave himself gladly to this man. Because this is why he came into the world. This is why he's come to you and called you to himself and delighted to invite himself to your home. That you, as you meet him, as you meet his love, as you're transformed by his grace and your life is renewed, yes, you'll pour out your life like Zacchaeus in acts of kindness and generosity, but also like Jesus, you will gladly give yourself to sinners. To unbelievers, to idolaters. In this community, that's our calling, to follow Jesus into this world. Amen. Let's pray together.